I think that's what I really aim for is just being being free and it's like it's that space that allows you to be free that um, makes me want to be an artist actually. Welcome to the Stolen Hours Podcast. Conversations with known or unknown creatives across the arts. Guests share what they create and the backstories that have made them who they are today. Listen in to help support the community of creators and to find some inspiration of your own. The following is episode 51. The painter, the interior designer, Rosita Gilsonen. All right, thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you have not yet, please subscribe to the Stolen Arrows podcast on your favorite streaming platform, iTunes, good old Google, Amazon, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And definitely check out also our website, www.thestolenarrowspodcast.com. Follow along on Instagram and you can see what we're doing at the Stolen Arrows podcast. All right, I'm excited to share this episode with you with Rosita Gilsonen, who is an interior designer and uh, a painter, a painter who in the Highland Lakes area where I live always shows up with a very huge collection of paintings, Um, always really cool, full of interesting landscapes, atmosphere, and absolutely a painter's painter. So enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening as always. Rosita Gelsonen, the painter, the artist, also a designer. From Monotony Kells, County Meath in Ireland, Rosita studied art at Strawberry Hill in London after her secondary education in Ireland. She now lives and paints in Highland Lakes, New Jersey, in Naples, Florida, and she also has a studio back home in Ireland. In her early career as an artist, her boutiques were shown in Dublin and New York. She represented Ireland at Bloomingdale's Art Gallery when they featured products from her home. Her themes stem from nature and tradition. Through influence from the Art Students League in New York, she paints in watercolor and used a method called deconstruction. It involves throwing and washing off paint until an atmospheric effect is reached. Her latest work is in oil paint, and she's experimenting in that same method. So welcome, Rosita, to the podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's good to see you and have you on the podcast. I know we had planned this many moons ago, and we're finally making it. Good. Yes. Um, so just tell us a little bit about, um, yeah, just your life as an artist. Um, I know that your work is, you're very prolific as an artist. Uh, let's hear right away about your oil paints that you're working on now. What's what's the subject matter? What does it look like? Well, um, usually I work uh, off landscapes because I, I just, uh, I like shapes and I, I love nature and I like to paint on plein air. Um, so I go and paint, I, I paint with Susan Fogel Morris a lot. And um, uh, so, but this work that I'm doing now, you can't really do on plein air because it's, 
involves uh, throwing. <laughs> so throwing oil paint is not that easy, as you can imagine. It's a bit messy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, I did one today. I don't know if you can see it. No. Very cool. So just for the podcast audience, since they can't see it, it's a floral arrangement, right? It looks like fl flowers. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's uh, all different colors and definitely some thrown paint you can see in the mix. <laughs> there yes. you go. Definitely. Yes. It's fun. I like to, uh, I like to have fun and I, I don't like to work in a painstaking manner. You know, I, I think um, photographic kind of artwork is very admirable, but I would prefer to be loose uh, yes, in yes. my representations. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, your style of uh, painting is atmospheric, even impressionistic. Um, I'm sure there's many words we can, yeah. yeah, many words we could use to describe. But that's the one thing I, I'd say about everything I've seen that I really love about yours is the atmosphere you create in your paintings, and uh, even that deconstruction method. You know, you could that definitely the washing off of paint helping create atmosphere, which is pretty great. Um, so was that. Um, the way you always worked, or is that something you learned with no, the Art no, Students League? I, I, yeah, the Art Students League, um, that was again, Susan Fogel Morris um, uh, got involved with the whole group of artists who were working in this way. Um, and I became acquainted with that uh, technique. And um, she ran a couple of workshops from her art studio, and I really. Um, really enjoyed working like that so i took up with that um nice. you know i think it, it stemmed from i i was really a batik artist for many years and so when you do batik once you put down a piece of color which in this case would be wax you once you have the wax down you really can't remove it so i'm used to painting without being able to remove my if I blotch up something, I, I just blotch it more because yes. you can't you can't take it out uh, off. Yeah. So this is good for this kind of painting because I, I I don't erase anything. I just keep going, and if a, if a, an accident occurs, I just um, go with it. <laughs> yeah, so I can <laughs> so, imagine I can imagine with uh, oil paint, just the, the the thickness, the impasto that starts to occur with that kind of mindset, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know I I'm getting used to what happens when it drips so it's start starting to drip. Yeah. Um, but I then you can dry it flat, and and you can use the drips. You can use the direction of the drips to form some of your lines. Sure. And so it's it's a I don't draw the image before I start. I just start painting, and then I just kind of throw it at it. <laughs> Nice. Amazing that anything ends up happening that you can recognize. But I, I'm not an abstract painter. I, I really paint images, but they are blurred, yes. to say the least. Yeah, yeah. So there's some some uh, representation there. So do you find are you working? So you're not working plain air. So is there a source image you're working off of, or are you just letting imagination go for this series? Some sometimes I am just working out of my imagination, but then I also go around with my with my camera ready, and yes. I find that being an artist makes you visually aware all all the whole time. And I think that that's the most enriching part of being an artist is that in ordinary life you see things that are just so wonderful, and you are attuned constantly 
to see the beauty that's around you. So then when I see something beautiful or an angle of something that is even ordinary um, that I think is interesting, then I will record it on my phone, on my, on my camera roll, and I have a file into which I put anything that I find interesting. So when I want to paint, I go into that file, interesting, uh, inspirational um, uh, work that I, you know, that, that I've, I've done over the, the last while. And yeah. so that's how I, I, I you know, I, I always have a store of, of, of stuff. Yeah. Do you <laughs> to, work, um, do you work directly from the phone or is it, uh, do you bring it on? Oh, I just iPad? work directly. No, I just work directly from the phone yeah. and I really just use it as a major, as a main, um, uh, you know, as a guide, um, sure, as a background. after a while, the painting just becomes the painting. And yes. the original thing I was working from is, is something that is not important. It's, it's just what, I, it's just the painting I'm working on. It takes over and it becomes the thing. So I'm not really trying to copy it. Yeah. I'm just using it as a, as a base. Yeah. As I, I said the, the word today, like the backbone of the image. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Um, so would you say, um, just in terms of uh, you know this this new work, do you do you miss being outside? I know it's winter time, but you are in Naples, Florida, right now. Um, I I love being outside, and I will um, paint outside uh, in the spring. I will go painting on plain air again. Um, yes. I love I, I love going um, on painting trips with my artist friends, and nice. Um, there's nothing better than putting your hat on and going off with your reason and plunking yourself in the middle of a field. And um, it's just, I mean, the thing is that all the paintings end up being sort of mediocre and all small and they don't look great. But the thing is that the enjoyment of doing them is what it really is. And then sure. the ones that turn out to have an interesting shape or some feature that you like, you can take it into your studio and work from that into a major painting. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Does it, the, do the plain airs end up in the studio and become something else with you finishing they it off? They do. They do. And I give them away. Uh, all my all my family and friends have oodles of uh, on plain air paint <laughs> all over the place. None nice. of them spectacular. <laughs> so. That's great. Well, it's just, yeah, there's, it's a, it's, there's several levels of art making, I always think. And one of them is um, kind of the, the the playful, not so heavily ruled ones, you know, where you just make them because you enjoy. And, you know, and I, I it's funny how sometimes those paintings are loved more by others than by me. <laughs> it's like, uh... yeah, I think uh, spontaneity is something that is enviable in the human spirit. And when you see evidence of spontaneity straight in front of you in a piece of work, then it's attractive. Um, it, it's uh it's something, it's people yearn for freedom. And uh, when they see so something is free, that yeah. there was a freedom in expression. Um, sure. I think that's what I really aim for is just being being free. And it's, it's like, it's that space that allows you to be free that um, makes me want to be an artist, actually. Yeah, that's great. That's a great description. The space that helps you be free. I love that. So uh, in your early work, working in Batik, I know that's, a much more rule-based type of art did you feel um when did you give that up was there a decision or you just kind of moved on uh, from the boutique world and i had just moved on yeah 
I did, never really gave it up. I still have all my dyes and all my yeah. my equipment. And occasionally I will um, I'll do another piece, but it is just so tedious. You know, it yeah. it, it is so um, it takes so long to do a piece because you have to wait for each thing to you know each dipping in the dye to, yes. to dry you, ha- you can't just work on one piece you have to be working on several pieces and it's it's it requires a different mindset that it's it's much more um planned you know because yeah, when yeah. it's when when your silk is yellow well you have to decide right then what's going <laughs> to be yellow sure um, so when you have an oil paint and when you have a, a palette you can just make yellow whenever you feel like it you know if you forget to do something that really should be yellow and you've already dyed it blue and it's now green forget <laughs> it's never being yellow again sure yeah <laughs> so it's, it. that requires a lot of planning so you know i just wanted more freedom i think yeah yeah so i i know I, from my experience doing batik which is very limited it was something we did in school once um i know my wife does things with my kids sometimes just to kind of bring back uh, whatever little lesson she had in that and just to show them that experience. Um, yeah, it's, it is tedious. We've never done it like to the level you have, I'm sure. But um, there is the, the thing I like about it, though, is this little bit of um, happenstance or things that just happen because of the wax and the ink mixture. And so those little nuances of um, just kind of natural happenings by the process, I always love that. And I'm sure that's part of uh, what you loved about it, because I, I do see that in your work, even when it's not that world of fatiguing, just like that, letting the, the material, the paint, um, the ink, the uh, the um, the actual um, you know, wax do its thing. And the embracing, the embracing of the happy accident is yeah. uh, and, and, and when to know that an accident is actually happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And, that, and, you know, sometimes, um, you know, my, my wife, who's very much so a trained, trained artist, I, you know, I've been trained, but not as, um, you know, trained, trained as she has been from, from her youth. And she's like, how did you make that? And I was like, oh, you know, it's just a lot of accidents combined. <laughs> and, then I, and then I worked it into making it look what I wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, she's, she always is impressed by my, you know, I guess, freedom in that. And then you know, it, it looking cool, even though it wasn't so planned. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, so do you find that each piece, when you are working on a piece, maybe beyond the plain air experience or um, when you're working on something for a long period, that it is its own problem to be solved? You kind of like see each canvas as uh, you kind of create a monster and then you kind of tame the monster. Oh, my God, that's a very good way of putting it. I believe that almost in every major painting I do, there comes a point where I think it's hopeless. I just can't make it happen. <laughs> and, and that point, that point I have come to realize is just before the corner is turned, when you can just turn it into something great. But there is always, I don't know if that ever happens, that that doesn't happen, that there's just this sense of desperation. Oh my God, it's never going to be what I want it to be i think i have to give it up and then something then i think you let all hell break loose and just fire away and suddenly it starts to take shape oh yes yes absolutely i think that's exactly how i think about it too and then the uh 
reality for sure is some things you just have to walk away from too. Oh, yeah. Some things you do have to walk away from. And uh, but when you have decided to walk away from it, that's a good time to really start throwing pots of black (laughs) yeses or something. Yes. yes, You never know what can happen. Well, sometimes someone will see it and they're like, this is great. Just leave it. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So so you grew up in Ireland, um, which hopefully I pronounced the county Meath Meath. Mm-hmm. that's pretty good not too bad <laughs> and um and so so growing up were you an artist always is this like from the from the early days of your youth making things um yeah I always liked drawing um but um but I wasn't really we didn't have any art classes um because we, we went to the nuns and you were you, there were only two streams and you were either in the a class or the b class and the a class you you know, they they you had to do um, uh, French and Latin and and geography and maths and all that. And if you're the B class, you could do cookery and art and all those really great things. Um, so I was unfortunately in the A class, and oh, no. I I really had to be in the B class, but I wasn't. So I didn't get any art uh, experience at all. And, and that's what you call high school, what we call secondary school. So when I went to college in, in London, I did a great idea. I, I had a portfolio of drawings myself that I mm. had done. And um, I, chain, I, I got into college based on studying religion and sociology because my academic things were good. And when I got in, First week, I was able to change my major <laughs> to art with drama as a secondary. And they gave me a chance. I said, you know, I've always wanted to study art and I was never allowed to. And this is what I can do. I can, I have a certain amount of natural ability. And would you please let me do the program? So they said, well, we'll try you for the first semester and see if you're going to be able to handle this um, course. And so everyone else was very well versed in oil paints and watercolors and drawing and everything. And I really had no experience at all. But when it came to batik, nobody had any experience. And I was like one of the best, you know? Nice, <laughs> so, nice. So that's how, that's how I ended up being a batik artist. I just stuck with the batik and I explored avenues of it. And I became quite a well-known batik artist in Ireland and even in England. <laughs> so wow. it's like weird. That's why. That's, that's how I come. That's how <laughs> I ended up doing batik. That's great. That's great. So it's it's because it was the even playing field. Nobody knew how to do it. And you were even like, playing field. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Love yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. So so uh well known in Ireland. So this I guess you were showing these batiks all around, selling work. Yeah. I made a living. Uh, I made a living selling those things um, for several years, which uh, was not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but it was fun. That's great. <laughs> and luckily, I, I could live on a shoestring, so it was um, it was fine. But but I, I was a teacher um, uh, first. Okay. So I, I, first I, I was I was teaching, and then I was doing my artwork in the in the summertime. I used to do a. I used to have a booth at the uh, art section of the Dublin Horse Show every year. I did it for seven years in a row. And okay. I got uh, a big write-up in the New York Times from, from a woman who saw my booth. 
And I got all these invitations to come to New York. And that's how I got the invitation to to be the artist from Ireland at the Bloomingdale's thing. So nice. then I got opportunities to show my work here. So I I gave up my teaching job and I took off with my with my batiks off to America. Wow. So that's how <laughs> so, I was gonna say. How did you get to America? There it is. New York that Times. That was it. Reporter. That was it. Yeah, New York Times. Yeah. Very, very cool. So it was just uh, it's like an invitation. Come to New York. <laughs> yes. That's that was it. Wonderful. Um, so when you come over here, how did how how did it go? So you're doing a whole nother world. Um, well, it was difficult because I didn't have the legal right to work. I had a B1, B2 visa, which meant that I could sell my artwork um through an uh, through a person who would be paying taxes here, you know. So it was mm. it was quite a complicated thing. But I could sell my work, so I was selling my work, but I never got a good gallery to represent me. Um, I tried at first, but I realized soon that um, you really have to know somebody. Um, <laughs> that's be fabulous. I don't know. I, I was never successful at getting represented in galleries in New York, and I was very successful at that in Dublin. I had good galleries representing me and even in London, but not wow. in New York. I ended up um, doing the uh, Greenwich Village Art Show and the Brooklyn Heights Promenade. And I, I won Best in Show on the, both of those on different nice. occasions. Yeah. Um, so I, I just got my own mailing list and I had my own art exhibitions in restaurants and I made a living because that was the only thing I could do. I wasn't able to work in any in any other way. So wow. yeah. that's how I started. That's amazing. So, you, so even though it was hard, it's almost like you were forced into being a freelance or an artist, you know, just because that was your only yeah. option to sell your work. That was my option, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like you could work even for you know, someone else. Yeah, as, as an employee, you, you only could sell your art. No, I couldn't. That's great. That's great. But so you, it was it was not easy to make a living um, selling your artwork on the street and um, and doing exhibitions that you did yourself. And it became a bit of a trudge for my artwork. And mm. uh, so um, I after I got my um, legal status uh, sorted and uh, became um, a permanent resident and and eventually a citizen, um, I, I went back to school and I. Um, I became an interior designer and okay. then I was able to actually get paid for my um, ability to design things. <laughs> so nice, nice. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah. So I you know, had a kitchen design business for, that was how I made my living in the end. Nice. How, how many years, how long did you do that for? Oh, 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Your old, old um, career. I, I just handed that business over to my, my daughter. Oh, nice. Um, it's a, it's a very well uh, established business, Skillsman and Designs, and uh, she's running it now. And um, it was it was a great thing because I could, you know, I, I I could make my own schedule. I could still paint, and I could envision a, a space and sketch it for a customer, and it became, yeah. you know, <laughs> easy yeah. to sell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're so you know how to. Uh... Yeah, envision something and and even draw out their spaces with the context of where your design would go. So it's like you had all the skill sets 
I'm sure you, you you sold some paintings to customers in your design company too here and there. <laughs> I did. I did. I had several. I had exhibitions in in um, Warwick and um, around about, you know, that were that were very successful. Oh, and I, I did have one successful exhibition in New York. Nice. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I had a, a good degree of success, really, but I, I never really concentrated on selling my work and, sure. I, and I still don't. Um, I think I got an overdose of it when I was um, making a living doing it. Sure. So the only trouble with that is that I have an awful pile of work all piled up and I don't have great um, ideas for selling it because I never wanted to have my artwork be my um, way of making a living in case I would be just making it um, for sale instead sure. of making it myself. So, sure. um, so for that reason, I have an awful big collection of work that I, I just <laughs> kind of give it, <laughs> give it away or something. I mean, I'll sell it, you know, and sure. I did have, I did a show here in uh, Naples on, uh, on the street, you know, going back to my uh, olden days. I did a weekend show on Fifth Avenue, which is, you know, a big art show. Nice. And I did sell eight pieces in two days. And yeah. it was very well. I mean, it was good, but such a lot of work. And I thought, oh, my God, how did you <laughs> do that? Yes, that's great. How well did I do that? That's great. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, so it sounds like early on when you were here in New York, um you, yeah i heard it in your voice yeah it got really tiring to make work to sell when that was your only income yes. so you had to yes. <laughs> there was no option to not yes um so, the, so yes. there's a so there's a so for you in terms of i mean did you ever stop painting or were you doing it throughout your entire career as a designer uh i stopped painting when my children were small yeah. And when I was trying to, um, I was divorced and I was a single mother and I was uh, running my own business and That's had two lot. small children to mind. So, uh, and and then die is so terribly destructive if a two-year-old gets their hands on it, you know. So um, <laughs> I, I put away all of my things until my children were teenagers. And yeah. then I started again. Yeah. Nice. I, I think I stopped for about maybe 15 years or, yeah. or so. Sure. And, and then I, I, I started again. I went to the thing called the Mystery School, which is um, sort of a, oh, I don't know how you describe it. A lot of pretty people getting together and uh, exploring their, you know, inner, yeah, yeah. <laughs> inner world or inner life. Sure. And I started, I started painting during those uh, sessions. And that's what started me painting again. Nice. So there was, there was a, a bit of an inroad. So was um, Art Students League when you were first here in Europe? Was that, or did that come in later too? My Art Students League thing, um, that that whole thing developed only in the last few years. Okay. All right. Yeah, very recently. Very recently. Nice. Yeah, very cool. So that's... Um, so that's when you're up north here. So right now you're in Naples, Florida. I guess you're wintering, yep. right? Um, so down there, do you yep. have a, I know you have a good community here, even in, in Highland Lakes as a, of artists that you know and um, work alongside or share share your work with. Um, down in Naples, do you have a good community as well to support you as we an do. artist? We have, we have a very good community. Um, I, I had a studio in the art district 
uh, up until last year. But then uh, we got a house and now I have a studio here. So I don't really need to be down there. But it was very nice because they have a lot of events and I was involved in a lot of things. I, I started teaching. I was teaching workshops um, of the, um, the the watercolor throwing, and that was really fun. Um, I so I I have some students that um, still want to paint with me down here. So I right, see so the word so th the word throwing again. So you're literally throwing watercolor paints. Yeah, throwing. <laughs> yeah, throwing. <laughs> throw it all to the wind. <laughs> nice, nice. And the word throwing, throwing oil paints. Like I, I mean, it would be so fun to throw oil paints, but I feel like it'd be such a mess. And I, I don't know. They're so expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, but well, you have to thin them out to throw them. Yes, you know, yes, yes. So that, that um, so not, no, I, it, you know, it's not as messy as you would think. I mean, I was doing that all afternoon. It's a little bit messy around here, but you know, yeah. nothing that. It, Five minutes won't uh, fi fix. Nice, nice. So when did you begin throwing paint? <laughs> uh, I began throwing paint, uh, I think, might have been three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, and was that inspired by yeah. another artist? Or by, any by Susan. By Su oh, yeah. Susan. Susan as well. Susan Fogel, yeah, yeah. And what's her Susan name? Susan is my, my guru. Nice. Susan Fogel Morris. She's Fogel, terrific. Fogel, Fogel Morris, and she's a. Fogel. Yeah. Is she an educator? At... She, she has a, yeah. She has um, art workshops in Warwick. Um, okay. She has uh, the uh, art artillery, uh, uh, the Warwick artillery, something. Nice. Um, but anyway, you can look her up. She's um, she paints traditionally and she paints in this new style, nice. and she has a whole load of wonderful ladies that paint with her and um, they are um, wonderful people and they do great work awesome that's great so it really sounds like a really rich community too yeah nice so you have your signature in, in style i know that so in in terms of susan's influence um it just it just kind of blends right in with with your style Susan, Susan is is a, a definitely a fine artist, um, yeah. but and this this is very much of a departure for her to just throw, and but she does it in a much more controlled way than I do. <laughs> um, you should really look up her stuff and oh, well, see. Oh, well. um, but but she she looks at me going and she just rolls her eyes up to heaven and goes, Oh my God, <laughs> just go, just go. So she's encouraging you, even if it's not as clean. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I no, she, she, she's, she, she's very encouraging of me. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think, you know, so it sounds like you've, you've taken your turn being an educator and in turn, now you're, you're also a lifelong learner, which is kind of great. So I, that's an artist mindset for sure. Like I still want to keep learning. Uh, so I love that you have that right in the town away from where we live up here in New Jersey, in Warwick, New York, which is very much so. Yeah, it'd be nice to do uh, something in the summer where wouldn't you someplace that you wouldn't mind getting dirty, you know, and, yeah. and have a paint, paint throwing workshop. Oh, that's great. That's great. Maybe you could host one I for, don't the, know who would for our crew. Who would be happy to have it in their space? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do plain air paint throwing. 
we can do it plain there, yes. yes, yes and if we awesome. do it in watercolor, it just washes off. So that would be easier. Oh, there, you, there you go. There you go. Well, I love it. So um, would you say this um, deconstruction method that you were, you know, kind of steeped in is is it is it um, similar in mindset to the world of paint throwing? Are you are you in the same mindset? So with the oh, yeah, layers, do you sometimes it's wipe off part and parcel of it? It's okay. part and parcel of it. I think you sort of make the uh, make the image, and then um, and then deconstruct it by fuzzying it up. Um, nice. I, that may that might be a very unacademic uh, description <laughs> of what happens. But um, uh, but then then you can do that whole method without even doing the original thing. But I did a big canvas um, very recently in Highland Lakes. I, I sent you uh, uh, an image of it. It's it's okay, the one um, with the blue sky. It's it's oil paint. Uh, it's a it's a cornfield and a and a big big thunderstorm coming in over a cornfield. I, nice. I, I, I sent you that image. Uh, yeah, that yeah. one I did on a three foot by three foot canvas, and that was the first attempt at oils to throw. And, 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 and I think it turned out great. I, I was, you know, my daughter had a baby and I had to uh, come up and quarantine in the house for six days. Yeah. So I just painted the whole time because I had to be able to uh, hold the new baby um, yeah. after flying. So I had to wait before I went into the house. And so I just painted and that, that canvas I did in 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 that time and i really was delighted with it yeah, no, it's, I, it's I, lovely it's the six days went flying by that's great that's awesome so it's a great way to spend quarantine <laughs> um so yeah it was, uh, it was a great it was a it was like a retreat it was very nice that's great um so so in this um yeah so it's interesting looking at that painting it, yeah it's almost got this pointillism quality with the paint throw right so it's almost like, like looks exactly like uh, like yeah. Syrah. It, no, yeah, like it's, Syrah. it's not quite as yeah, but it it is like pointillism for sure. That's great, but definitely that's with, with the oil. Yeah, and with your work, that is still yeah. definitely a representation. You can see what it is. You can see you can definitely see the landscape and the beauty of the colors. Mm -hmm. But the, then there's this effect of feel you know, like like Syrah. It's the, the two colors next to each other creating a new color. All that happens yeah, as well. That's I mean, in the, in, the, right. in the clouds, it's like the amount of colors in those clouds. Pretty awesome. Really beautiful. Very oh, cool. Thank you. Thank That's you. great. Your work has always got, you know, again, that atmosphere, texture, um, and a real, yeah, you know, and, and understanding now your 30-year career as a designer, interior designer, like always, like, you know, I think the, very much the attraction from a distance of your work is the, is the design, the, the balance, the beauty of the unity, the variety and unity. And in the end, all yeah, looking at it close up. Just... The original composition, yeah, the basic composition. Uh, you can't. You have to build your house on a solid uh, on a solid foundation. Absolutely, yeah. So you and see you have that. to build your design and your artwork on a solid foundation. Just make the original idea good, and then everything will be fine. If the if that's flawed, well, it's just too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to build in your house on a swamp. <laughs> yep, yep. your house will sink <laughs> <laughs> well very cool i love it and so so you've been 
um, in America, up and down the East Coast, um, doing your thing as a as a mom, as a designer, as an artist. So it's really cool. And even as an educator, are, are you in any form of um, teaching right now yourself? Uh, I am not teaching anyone right now, except that two of my students from last year want to set up a workshop. And, and I have some other people who want. So I probably will do at least one or two workshops here mm, um, nice. this spring. Yeah, in the next nice. few weeks. Nice. Very cool. And I know um, it sounds like you've, you've, you've dug in roots, you know, full on down in Naples, Florida and up here in Highland Lakes you know, well-known in our community as well as that community. So it's, it's cool that you are, um, yeah, given, giving, you know, your skills and your talents to people around you too, which is pretty great. So you're a generous, oh, generous creator. People. Oh gosh. I mean, it's, it's really nice when, when you have somebody, when you have company in your studio and they, and they're making things and they have a different way of doing it. And it's just fascinating. I love it. I love yeah, teaching. That's great. Yeah. So you're uh do you have a studio as well up in Highland Lakes and your home up there? I do. Yeah. Nice. I have the studio. Nice. But um for the main mainly for paint throwing, I I was going over to Susan's um studio because she has all her walls lined with plastic. Nice. <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> Makes and, life easier. <laughs> so you can really fire away over there. And um it's my studio, I, I do mostly, um, I was doing mostly more controlled oil painting there, but um, <laughs> see what's going to happen in the future. I might yeah, have to you... line up the wall. <laughs> might have to line the walls up with plastic. Sure. Sounds like you're hooked on this. Uh, very fun. Well, very mm -hmm. cool. So I, I would love to hear and send people to look at your work. So just uh, let's give us your website, your social media. How do we see what Rosita is doing? Oh, gosh. Yeah, sure. I don't pay attention to that stuff at all, but um, <laughs> uh, I'll see if I, if I can dig it up. <laughs> yeah, it comes right. from that whole thing of selling my work too much in the beginning. You know, I just, yeah, went, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I should show people what I'm doing. <laughs> well, so you're so you're on you're on, on under your name, Rosita Gilson, then, which is G.I.L. Yes, Gilson. I think there might be a. Uh, there might even be something up there, Gilson and uh, Rosita Gilsonan.com. I, okay. um, but I, on Facebook, it's just Rosita Gilson and Instagram is just Rosita Gilson. And I'll make more of an effort to put things up. Um, <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> well, and then, and then, you know, to really see it in person, we just need another Highland Lakes art show, which you always show your work. Oh, yeah. Awesome. When are you, when are you doing that? I hope it's oh, after let's... I come back. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. I, you know, I think we, the, the, the better we, uh, we're smarter for waiting longer so it may be a may experience instead of an april last year we did it in early, oh, well, june, early if it's june april i won't be there if yeah. it's may i'll be there at the end of may but yeah so last may, year we did we did our uh our on the lawn experience on june 5th so maybe we'll we'll see what happens or it was around june i think i don't know if it was the fifth but june. either way so we'll june see what good. happens yeah so okay we'll, Very we'll definitely good, get you in the mix and thank you so much for doing this um any just advice? I I'd, since I loved hearing, yeah, just just your life kind of in the mix there with fifteen years off of working, you know, and just doing the taking care of kids and you know um, taking care of your business. Uh, would you have any advice for people? I guess in the midst of that chaos of life, raising children, or even like beginning their career and 
um, but they are still a creator. So how do you keep creating? And I know you've done this throughout your life. So how um, do you keep doing it? And uh, any advice to people? The, well, it, I tell you, if, if you can't do it, don't worry about it because it'll come out eventually. Yeah. Um, I really think that you need space in order to create. And when your life is full of other things, it's very hard to have that space. Um, I was not really able to do that. Um, And even still, when my life gets very crazy, like when I was moving and everything, um, I couldn't paint. I I couldn't paint. I I need space. But other people don't need as much space as that. But the thing that, you know, if I'm thinking, oh, my God, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. um, Don't let that worry you at all. Just because eventually a, a space will present itself and 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 you'll you you know don't 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 worry about about trying to do too much and of course the the proper advice is take time out for yourself you know what's a foolproof way of getting to do stuff is to do workshops because you get into a space and there's absolutely nothing else to do only paint (laughs) so i i i would say that's nearly the only way you can do it when you have a whole pile of kids and a business and a husband and a cook and, and moving <laughs> this and that. Just go on a holiday or go on a retreat or mm. go on a painting thing. Join a, join a group where you can go and paint somewhere else other than in your house. I think that's the best advice. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for the final piece of advice. I'll, uh, be in touch and uh oh, thank you for coming on the stolen hours it was great to see you and thank talk you. with you thanks dennis thanks for listening to All right, thank you for listening to another full episode of The Stolen Hours. Uh, Rosita, great painter, great designer, and definitely someone that uh, should have her work out there more. So I'm glad to be another avenue to share it with you all. They uh, definitely check out Stolen Hours on Instagram. You can see a whole group of her paintings that I put up there. So, And uh, check out, of course, the website as well. Um, so looking forward to next week, our episode being 52, which is the final episode of the year. So we had a little bit of a hiatus and a little bit of some bonus episodes, and it really does put us at the point where our very first episode was published back in last February, February of 2001, um, so with my brother. So it's been a great run, and uh, we'll keep this thing going. Um, probably not as much weekly, but we'll see how I do. And uh, as people come in, we'll do more. As always, check out Jay's music. It's a great song you're hearing right now. Take care.